0: hey if you're loving the show make sure you become a patron for as little as two dollars a month you can get episodes you can't get anywhere else go to patreon.com slash the ameliafortes hello everyone good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are in the world thank you so much for being here You are listening to Courageous Self-Love, the official podcast for the self-love revolution happening right here, right now. I'm your host, Amelia Fortes, and today's episode is self-love and belief, and really having enough self-love to cultivate your own belief system, ask good questions of yourself and of others, and I'm a firm believer that we can believe whatever we want. And I'm ever curious about different kinds of beliefs. And I love talking to people who don't share my beliefs. For the most part, I generally agree with a lot of my guests. So today will be something special where I'm coming from a different school of thought than my guest. Without further ado, I want to introduce Shaka Jaliwa. We actually met on a Pitch Perfect 2 music video shoot. We met one time, and I think we became Facebook friends after that, and then kind of forgot how we became Facebook friends, and this was years ago, and we actually have no mutual friends, but we started popping up on each other's feeds, and this topic of belief and religion and God came up, and I was like, let's save this for a podcast episode, so thanks so much for being here and agreeing to this, Shaka.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, and... I want the world to know that you are an amazing dancer and I learned that firsthand. It was pretty awesome.
0: Thank you so much. And so are you. We had so much fun that day, didn't we?
1: It was a really fun day.
0: (laughs) It was really fun. We basically just got to dance all day. We just had a really good time. And so Mm -hmm. this was in Los Angeles, but actually now you live in Houston and you currently, you're a science educator at the Space Center in Houston, right?
1: That is right. So the space, space Center Houston is also the visitor center for Johnson Space Center. So we get to talk to astronauts pretty much all day. And we're teaching the students and the teachers about the different space missions that are happening now and what the future of NASA is going to be like. So it's pretty cool.
0: That's cool pretty spot. cool. I'm glad that someone as enthusiastic as you is there educating young people because I think we, ha- we need more and more enthusiastic educators out there. Agreed. So just jumping right? I mean, I think we're just going to jump in on the deep end. This really came up because you posted a photo. And I'm like, I'm one for total transparency and authenticity. I think one of the main things that we want to get across is, you know, atheists tend to get a bad rap. And even for me, like I grew up Catholic, Catholic, Filipino, Catholic, Catholic, Catholic. And so when I first saw this post, you posted a photo of a, of a quote, I believe. And I, I was a little like, I don't want to say triggered, that sounds too extreme, but I was like, oh, okay. But being the ever curious, always questioning kind of person that I am, I just kind of dove in and we went back and forth on the comments around atheism and religion and spirituality and all that. And that's when I asked you if you wanted to be on this podcast to just talk about it. So I think it's a good place to start.
1: An atheist believes that a hospital should be built instead of a church. An atheist believes that a deed must be done instead of a prayer said. An atheist strives for involvement in life and not escape into death. He wants disease conquered, poverty banished, war eliminated.
0: It's such an interesting thing for me, all the feelings that I had when I read it, because all of those things are things that I want too. You know, I have hospitals built, good deeds done, all of that. And the interesting thing was, it was because the word atheist was there that had me feeling all kinds of ways. And I had to check myself. And I even, the first thing I commented was, are you an atheist? Because I wasn't sure, because you just posted the quote, like you didn't really say anything. And so I I wasn't sure where, where you were coming from. So now's the moment. Like what, what had you post this? What inspired you about this quote? What What were you hoping to communicate by posting this? Let's start there.
1: So I often feel like atheists get a bad rap. A lot of people maybe assume some things about atheists that they just believe without necessarily talking to other atheists about it and getting first-hand experience. The reason I like this quote is because these are definitely all things we could all get behind. Building hospitals, eliminating war, they're all things that we can get behind. But a lot of people think that atheists are not necessarily as moral as people in the church or that are into an organized religion. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to put this out there to see how people that I know Mm -hmm. would react to it. And the most conflict that I got was from my uncle, who is very religious. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of friends that are Christian, and they understand that I like to help people whenever I can, but the ones that I'm a little bit more distant with might not know that I'm an atheist. And when they find out, they actually assume that some of the things that I did were for some kind of selfish motivation.
0: Right. Right. And
1: that's just not who I am. And I just wanted, I wanted to see, I wanted to use the post as a gauge to see who in my friend group saw me as that person that would want to build hospitals versus mm-hmm. uh, who saw me as a person that just wants to like instigate and stir things up and hurt people's feelings.
0: Yeah. It's funny, you know, we, you and I, we only met once, but I remember you being just this, just a wonderful person. And I, since I don't know what the statistics are, but at least in my world, I don't, we don't, either we don't talk about God or like I don't really encounter many atheists. I encounter more Christians than not and then, of course, you know, being in Southern California, it's all the spiritual, not religious people, <laughs> you know, myself included, to be honest. And so it was it was a great opportunity for me to just confront my own shit, which I am fully willing and capable and I enjoy doing. And um, knowing the little bit that I know about you, and also we've connected on a lot of other different posts, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. seeing that and then finding out that you were an atheist, I got to really just confront all of my unconscious beliefs about it because I don't think about atheists a lot. I just like something I just don't think about every day. I got to think, oh my gosh, I really have like a shitty view of what an atheist is when the truth is I actually don't know that many or maybe I do, but they don't, I just don't know that they are like with you. I think you're the second person in my life that has opened, like said, like I'm an atheist to me directly. Mm-hmm. And so it's just so I love confronting all of my unconscious beliefs, especially when they're just like not true. And so it's just interesting to me, because like when I think of atheist and I invite the listener to do this, you know, when you think of an atheist, like what picture comes in your mind? and it's like, or like when you think of a Christian or when you think of a Muslim or, or a Jewish person, yeah. we have these pictures in our mind, and they're just not true
1: and so specifically with atheists it doesn't get talked about a lot because no one typically identifies themselves for not believing something right like if you Mm, mm -hmm. if you were asking someone to tell themselves about or to talk about themselves they're not going to say well i'm not a musician I'm not a football right. player. I'm not, they're not, that's not how that works usually. So it's all, it's really hard to figure out who in your lives are atheists because it's just not something that we talk about. It's not a part of how we live our lives. It's just something that is true about us, if that yes. makes sense.
0: It does. That's a really good point. And I think that information isn't volunteer. It's not like a, an everyday conversation piece of information that's volunteered
1: it doesn't really define us it's just there about us right And, and every atheist can be different like you can be an atheist and hate science and not believe anything that a scientist or a doctor says but personally I trust the process of science so that informs my decisions and that's a big part of who I am and I also happen to be atheist
0: right and so I'm curious did you grow like what led you down to this belief? Like, did you grow up in a religious house or I was just- I,
1: I did grow up in a religious house. Um, my mother was an ordained minister actually uh, mm. in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. So mm. I went to church every Sunday up until I went to boarding school basically, which was, uh, I was 14. I was in church choir, I was on the usher board, the whole thing, vacation Bible school, all of it. And I didn't have a problem with it, Mm -hmm. but I never really felt like I was buying into it. It was kind of like a chore. And I didn't really analyze why I felt that way until I wasn't going any longer. So when I was in high school, it sort of just dawned on me that if I really believed what I was hearing, I probably would want to go back. And so I thought about what I'd heard, did a little research, and I realized that it doesn't really jive with what I would expect. As I was saying earlier, I really value science and science is all about what evidence you have. And in pretty much every major religion, evidence is hard to come by. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So you kind of just have to take it on faith. And as much as I think faith is an amazing thing, I would prefer to put my faith in people because at least I know that they are there. Than to put my faith, put my faith in a God that I can't actually show is there.
0: Right. It's interesting because I just I I'm having my own kind of <laughs> journey with religion and and God. I, I mean, I think I think we all are, but mm-hmm. um, specifically with Christianity. And so I just watched this movie on Netflix it's called A Case for Christ and the husband and the wife in the movie I don't know if you've ever seen it or if you ever cared to see it but the husband and the wife are the main characters and they're atheists but then something happens to their daughter and then the woman becomes a follower of Christ and then the father is very like triggered by it and then goes into this, he's a journalist, right? So he's all about the facts and about the truth. Mm-hmm. And so he goes into this whole, like re, the movie is really him going through all this research, trying to disprove the crucifixion of Jesus and trying to disprove God or, or whatever. And you know, ultimately, cause it's called a case for Christ. So ultimately mm-hmm. we knew in the end, he like believes in it, but you know, I'm also like a seeker of truth and I love science as well. And I don't know how, I, I'm still processing how I feel about the movie, um, but I guess I'm, I'm kind of bringing that up because I'm, I'm curious if your process was like that or different.
1: So there's something that I don't feel that people should ever try to do, and it's to try to persuade someone to believe something that they right. didn't already believe. No one tried to push me. I mean, I went to church when I was younger, but when I got old enough, my parents just sort of let me have my own experiences and decide for myself. And I think that's exactly how it should be. Right. Um, And so when I got old enough, I thought about it and it was, it's all about self-reflection, right? If you don't Mm -hmm. actually think about what's going on in your head, if you don't stop and take a minute to figure it out, then you can believe some things that have, that don't really make sense to you, you just haven't thought about them. So I took some time, I thought about it, and I realized that if there's no evidence, there's no reason for me to believe right now. That does not mean that if there doesn't end up being evidence that is clear and observable that I Mm -hmm. wouldn't believe, in fact, I would be very likely to believe because that Mm -hmm. is how I live my life.
0: Right, right, and we we were saying like, you know, when we were kinda emailing about topics, I came to this kind of thought of like beliefs come from values and one thing I did like about what you said you know in my experience of you especially in this thread because there were a lot of comments on it right Mm -hmm. and uh, you were very open you were just like you know I I don't currently where I'm at I don't see the evidence so I'm not going to believe in it but if there were evidence I would be open and I think To me, it's like, that's what a great way to live. I think that, like, I strive to live like that. I don't know. I'm definitely not perfect in that, but I strive to just always be open and not be so rigid, like, just because something doesn't ring true right away. Like, I'm always curious about it. And I think that's what, that's why we're even here, right? Mm -hmm. Because I saw that post. I could have easily just dismissed it and been like, oh, whatever. But I was truly like, oh, huh, this is interesting. And I felt an opportunity for me to kind of like expand just my way of thinking in that realm. And so what I'm hearing you say, you know, the values are in the science, the evidence, the facts, the, the things you can see, you can touch, you can feel also like the the physical representation of, you know, like I'd rather build a hospital Mm -hmm. or do a good deed versus like a prayer, you know? Mm -hmm. So to me, those are very great you know, not that it, not that anyone needs my validation, but you know, those are great values to have and like whatever beliefs you have coming out of that or what they are.
1: So I do want to talk about that for a second because I 100% believe that your beliefs should come from your values. What I think can be troubling sometimes is if you let your beliefs define your values. So Mm -hmm. when you're talking about, And this is, I know that this is an example that can rub people the wrong way, but when you're talking about Christianity and how it's treated the LGBTQ plus community,
0: Mm,
1: it was because they found these specific passages in the Bible.
0: Right. And
1: and they just stuck to that. Now, the farther we go, the further in the future we get the less people are super literal about what the Bible says and the more accepting they are of people in the LGBTQ plus community. That is exactly how I think religion should work. You create your value system and then you find the religion that sort of shares that value system with you. If you allow the religion to create your value system for you, then you are shutting yourself off in a lot of cases to what could be immeasurable good.
0: Well, that's a whole, I feel like that's a whole thing because I think a lot of churches or just religions in general are built on like this structure of power, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's like certain people who have the power, whether it's by influence or by money or by property or whatever, they can easily like say something and everyone in that group starts to feel like they need to fall in line, maybe even unconsciously. And it's almost like, oh, crap, if I don't believe in what the group is believing, then, like, I'm going to be kicked out of the group. But then what happens when, like, if, like, with LGBTQ plus community, like, what happens when, like, this is who you are? hmm Yeah.
1: And so in those, in those instances where the powerful in the religion have said this thing, what I have noticed is, over time, the people in the religion tell them no. Tell the powerful people, no, this is not okay. We want to change this. And that is what I think is beautiful about religion. Mm. It can change when enough people realize that it needs to change. Religion doesn't have to be rigid. And when it is, it can actually be very, very hurtful. But modern religions these days are much more flexible than they used to be. And I, I, there was a, a video that I saw a couple days ago of two girls that were going through their confirmation in, I think a Presbyterian church. And so the church at large had decided to not back LGBTQ plus people.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. They, in their speech during their confirmation said that we will not allow ourselves to be confirmed until this church, this church body, this group of people that we spent our lives with takes a stand against the full Presbyterian church. And we, except gay people Mm -hmm. that is really powerful to me because that I think is what religion should be it should always be inclusive it should never seek to turn people away
0: right and so for you then is it because a lot of a lot of my life you know I I actually relate to to what you were saying I was raised Catholic but again I was you didn't say it this way but it's kind of like I thought of like you just go through the motions because it's like it's how you were raised it's what you do you know you go to church your mom was very involved and and my mom was very involved and so I would go to Sunday school and communion and I did all these things but yeah there were things that I just it just never really vibed with me and then definitely when I was in my late teens early 20s so I I guess around the time you started thinking for yourself a little bit like I was kind of like I don't like, this doesn't really vibe with me. But I kind of stayed with the religion purely for, like, familiarity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I, I still feel comfortable in the Catholic Church because it's just it's how I grew up. It's, it's very familiar to me. So I'm curious, like, for you, do you have anything like that? Or ha- do you, like, when religion comes up, do you still go to church? Like, what's your experience? What's your relationship with religion now? I guess is what I'm trying to ask.
1: (laughs) I haven't been to church in, I would say at least 10 years. I spend religious holidays with my family whenever I can because any opportunity to be with your family is worth taking. Mm -hmm. And my parents still believe, I'm not gonna ever try to convince them not to because I think there is beauty in what they believe. I think that they use religion to try to make the world better. And there are a lot of people that do that. Mm -hmm. And there are some that don't. And I, the way that my relationship with religion is that if you can use religion to do good deeds, then we can be very, very happy sharing this planet together as far as I'm concerned. But I I don't need to be you for us to be together.
0: Right and and that's so true. I mean, you believe you don't believe in God. I believe in God, but you and I have shared a lot of like camaraderie online even like about mm-hmm. a lot of different topics. And it's a beautiful thing. It really really is. And so I'm curious if you wanted to talk about some of the like you said there was like opposition was the word you said or or something like how do you deal with all of that? Like are you or do you just are you just an observer or are you kind of like on a mission to like believe this atheism, atheism gets a bad rap kind of thing. Like, where are you at with all of that?
1: I, I actively try to have conversations with people so that they understand that a person can be an atheist and be a really, really good person. Religion doesn't define my value system, and my value system can be just as good as someone who is religious. I take every chance that I can to talk about it because I do feel like, Historically, atheists have gotten a bad rap, and I will say that it is getting to be less of a thing. In fact, recently it looks like there, are in the United States, there are as many "quote unquote" non-believers as there are Catholics in the United States right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Which
1: this is the first time that's ever happened in history for the United States. So, I do think the stigma of being an atheist is dying,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just like a meeting online for. Uh, for finding your true love
0: oh yeah there's, there's really no stigma. well i don't know if there's no stigma anymore but yeah it's definitely much more normalized
1: yeah it is just it just takes time and it's something that if you talk about it more people experience it more the time will pass faster just like it did with uh okay cupid and coffee meets bagel
0: yeah <laughs> i mean even conversations like this right now like i said admittedly when i first saw the post I had to confront my own belief system around it. And I I got to see firsthand like, oh, you you got some preconceived notions about what an atheist (laughs) is. And I think even just this conversation alone, just hearing you, I mean, here's the thing. I like what you said. There are atheists that are good people. Atheism doesn't make you a bad person, but just like religion doesn't make you a good person Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of religious quote unquote people who are I mean, kind of shit bags. So, <laughs> I really, I just, I really admire, like, even just the way that you are responding and the way that you think. I really admire that because it, it, to me, what you're exhibiting, if for lack of a better word, is it, it has nothing to do with whether you believe or not believe. Mm-hmm. Like, you're truly, like, look this is where i'm at this is where you're at where you're at's cool where i'm at's cool we both want to do good things like what's the problem here and i think if if everyone regardless of what you believe could kind of have that attitude in general especially right now right there's just so much there's just so much <laughs> mm-hmm. this is what i think i think it's like a lot of people just really wanting to connect and belong. And there's so much like emotions kind of tied up in a lot of our beliefs and things. And there's a lot of just like back and forth and a lot of people just talking at each other. I
1: like, I, I feel that too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which just isn't, it just doesn't work. And I'm I'm just glad that we're not doing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, touched on the sort of sense of belonging or wanting to belong. And that's a really important thing for every person that's ever lived. You want to feel like you're a part of a group and there's nothing wrong with that. What I would suggest or what I Mm -hmm. hope is that instead of closing ourselves off into small and very rigid groups, we allow our idea of what our groups should be To get bigger. I don't Mm -hmm. feel like me being an atheist means that I can't be friends with people of many different religions. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense to me that idea of sectioning yourself off by your belief or non-belief in a God. The things that I think matter most are the way that we treat people Mm -hmm. and in my ideal world the people that treat other people well will all be this large group that everyone will want to join. And so everyone just treats each other better. And that's, Mm. that's a fairy tale. I know, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think possible. Maybe I don't know about the large scale. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I I think I'll, I'll, I'll stay open to the possibility of that because I know a lot of the things that we do connect on as well online is like, social justice stuff, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And I, I don't, maybe you have a better way. At, like, I, I want to tie that into this conversation somehow.
1: I think that it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty easy to do, uh, okay. or at least from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. If we're talking about, or well, my goal of making our group bigger and treating people well, that is very much in line with wanting social justice to roll the day. If you see someone that is suffering because of something that they either have no control over, like the color of their skin, Mm
0: -hmm. or
1: because they just want to exist in that way, like maybe they're, I don't actually know much about asexuality, but I, so for a very long time, I thought that I might be asexual. And this was while I was in a relationship and it was actually causing problems in our relationship and I didn't know how to talk about it. Mm. But being able to just say how you feel and what you want out of life and, and not feel negatively judged is a great thing for everyone to experience. Right. So we're, when we're talking about religion, we want people that are religious to see an atheist and say, I'm going to judge you based on how you treat other people instead of what I think an atheist is. That's the same with gay people. That's the same with black people. That's the same with uh, Hispanic people, Asian people, Filipino people. Mm -hmm. Like just treat people based on who they actually are versus these one or two things that you could choose to call them. But honestly, what do those things mean? What does it mean to call someone a black person? We all still have different experiences. We're all still different people. So how about get to know me and then we can go from there.
0: Right, but I mean, you know, I think you and I both agree that there's certainly certain structures in place that
1: <laughs> that yes. are kind
0: of gargantuan mm-hmm. that, that not just religion but just political all these different structures in place, white supremacy, all of that that start to like get in the way of this like i like even just talking to you, I gotta say, like just makes me feel calm because you're very just like what's the like objective like you're, you're like okay this is what it is let's look at it for what it is and there's no like I can't believe you know what I mean there's no like extra crap added into it unfortunately though all these structures that are in place start to add things that aren't there and you you did touch on that where it's like instead of the color of their skin or their religion or their belief or non-belief or where they live, or whatever. What if we just actually, like, looked at people for Mm -hmm. who they are and then interacted with them based on that? And that requires, like, deep presence, Mm -hmm. right? Which we just don't have. Like, I mean, people come with a lot of preconceived notions. And so I think our invitation, I'll just say our invitation, to anyone listening is, like, just strive – to be as present as possible and and check your preconceived notions because they will be there. And I think an, a big reason why these conversations, well, not these, but social justice conversations and maybe religious conversations can go sideways is because people aren't checking themselves first. Myself right. included. Like, I'm not even trying to say, like, I have <laughs> definitely made many mistakes. But, like, if we can check ourselves first and just, like, look at the situation instead of coming to it with our opinion or the opinion that we were taught to have, there can Mm -hmm. be a lot more connection happening.
1: Agreed. I will also like to add that more, it seems at least, especially with this last crop of uh, Congress people, Mm -hmm. especially on the democratic side, that there are more people that do seem to be reflecting more on the situation that this country is in. And seeing it objectively and looking for actual solutions to the problems that have been facing us for decades and centuries. So in general, I am very, very hopeful about the course of the country. I don't know that we have too much time to figure out all the things that we need to figure out, but I do know that there are people that are trying to do good. And that is why I put my faith in people Mm. because they are there trying and as long as we talk about their efforts it will have an effect
0: and as long as we focus on that versus like the problem and i'm i'm saying that because i i'm calling myself out on this but like i can tend to get wrapped up in like how far we have to go Mm -hmm. and i forget to focus on how much we've already how far we've already come and how much we've already gained Mm -hmm. you know like with with Moot, like we have so far to go in Hollywood, right? Hashtag Oscar so white, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm seeing a lot more diversity in Hollywood, so I just like choose to focus on that <laughs> when I remember. But it, you know, it's it's hard sometimes, and so I was curious, like, what's your, like, how, yeah, how do you get by? Because I. <laughs> I well so
1: I am naturally optimistic I do see a lot of negative stories like it's kind of hard to avoid but I choose to let the positive stories affect my mood more than the negative stories so like when Black Panther like became like the one of the highest grossing films ever Mm -hmm. and everyone was like obviously I was just like, Oh my gosh, yes, this is, this is the evidence. They can see it
0: now. They're going to know this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: I let those stories uh, stay with me longer than I let the negative stories stay with me. I I kind of just, I do need to hear the negative stories because I need to know where we are. I have to have a, an idea of how far we still have left to go. So I have to read, I have to pay attention, but after I've absorbed the information, I let it go, fl- let it flow through me. And then I read something that makes me feel like the happiest human being on the earth. And I let that stay with me as long as possible.
0: I love that. I mean, I just want to pause there. Cause that's so good. Like that's a, what a great call to action. And, and, and it might not come easy right away, but it's a pro like, to me, I would think it's a practice. Like if you're, if you're more practiced at letting the negative stories just freaking the rug from under you and take you under it's like just start to slowly kind of flip that energy because i i mean for me i think i think i strive to do that and but hearing you say it it's like what a great call to action like you know what i'm gonna let the good stuff affect my mood and were you always like that or like did you have to practice that
1: (laughs) i i was not always like this Um, (laughs) i can definitely say that so this is a little off topic, I think, but I think it, it will help sort of see how I got this way. Right. When I was in high school, I was really, really bad at understanding who my friends were, and I felt really lonely all the time because mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out who I actually belonged around. And so I had to sort of deal on my own for a long time until I found someone. And it was just literally, it was one person in my school and it was a small school, but it was one person that made me feel great. But the second that she showed up at the school, my entire outlook changed. I was like, this one person is enough because now I have something that makes me feel happy. Mm. And so all of the, the relationships that I thought were fine or garbage even they got overshadowed by this one person that made me feel good about myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And once I had that, I realized that I don't have to make everyone happy. Right. Most important thing is that I try to make myself happy. Right. And if I can make one other person happy, then that's great. Because if everyone can make one other person happy and we just do that as a chain, mm-hmm. then we can make the entire world happy. See, I'm an optimist. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I, well, I mean, I, I think it sounds like naturally you're an optimist and I, I I get the warm and fuzzy thinking about that because I, (laughs) I'm naturally an optimist too. And I remember people used to like make fun, like, I don't know, make fun of me, but just like, you're always so positive. And I think it, I think it probably is a natural thing, but especially for you to take that example from high school and like, I'm going to just apply this to everything now, you know, and it it really is like I said. It really is a great call to action because here's the thing: if we're if we're gonna wait for the day when nothing pisses us off, I mean, we'll be waiting a long time, probably, right?
1: Forever.
0: Right? Yeah, forever. Exactly. But it's like you gotta you gotta focus on the good things. And actually, Brene um, Brown, her Netflix special, she talks about how every, like the most resilient people, she does a lot of like research and like the most resilient people are those who have a gratitude practice or like really access to gratitude. And to me that like, you didn't say those words, but to me that's like kind of like that where it's like, okay, yeah, there's all this shit I can be really pissed off about. But you know what? I'm going to let this happy story of Black Panther just freaking (laughs) smack. And trust me, I ride the Black Panther high (laughs) Like all the and the crazy rich Asians high like I just I follow all of them. I mean Constance Wu. I watch Fresh Off the Boat. I watch Blackish, and I'm just like, you know what? We're out here winning. We're out here winning.
1: (laughs) You just gotta let them know. Yeah, let them know.
0: And I do like your point. Like, but we do have to read other things, and I I think you know it it is a practice. Like for me, I, I think I'm getting better at it. Not letting. The negative stuff really take me under. I've finally been, well, not finally, but I've been continuing to develop the muscle of like I don't have to attend every fight that I'm invited to. (laughs) (laughs) I can just easily say like I came across an anti-Islam person on Facebook who I mean I didn't even know this person. I was even I was commenting on one of my friend's posts, and this I could just feel it like this anti-Islam like just all like vomited all over the post. And I was just like, yeah, no. I was like, no, thanks. And then that person just kept like trying to like invite me into this fight. And I just was like, they're like, you still haven't given me proof about XYZ and ABC. And I was just like, yeah, I don't really want to engage with you, which is why I haven't said anything Mm -hmm. to you. And like, that was it. That was the end of that, you know? And I think... For me, if that's a call to action to anyone listening, it's like, like stop attending fights you don't have to attend.
1: <laughs> I will personally say that I enjoy attending those fights. <laughs> I know it's not for everyone, but like for me, it doesn't bring me down. I know that those can yeah. be really, really heavy for a lot of people and yeah. make you feel terrible. But for me, the only way that I see it really is as an opportunity to sort of see how this person feels, express my views on the same topic, and let the words speak for themselves. Um, it's not for everyone. Right. I don't encourage that you just all start trying to do it because <laughs> it can get ridiculous out there. Yeah. But for me, I do feel like saying art, saying my piece, and offering this idea of acceptance, the more I say it,
0: Mm -hmm. the more it's going to act
1: like an earworm in the people that are not terribly accepting. Right. And eventually they're going to realize, oh, wait, I liked this person and they go against my belief about this thing. Maybe my belief about this thing should change a little bit.
0: Yeah. Or at least be open to like looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say if you were an asshole, I don't know that I would have been open to like checking (laughs) on my feelings about atheism. (laughs) So, you know, I I love that. And I, I also like that you say that it's not for everyone because it makes me think of like video games and like, you know, there's the healers like the characters mm-hmm. that are the healers and then there's the kid, you know, or even just sports, you know, there's the striker, like everyone has a position and no, not everyone's position is, you know, I'll just call it like, you're the striker. Like you're, you get in there and you're like, well, we're going to talk about it, but I'm imagining and tell me your own personal experience, but I'm imagining like, you're kind of built for that. Cause like you're saying, like you don't recommend everyone does it cause it's not for everyone, but mm-hmm. I'm gathering that Somehow you're built for. That. Is it like what is it? Is it that you're able to kind of not be emotionally invested, or like what what is it that enables you to do that?
1: I won't say that I don't get emotionally invested. Uh, okay. I actually I feel things pretty strongly.
0: Mm, okay. I
1: but it's it's sort of the bright side thing again. Okay. I I know that what I'm saying is not going to have a negative effect on anyone. And it might have a positive effect on at least one person.
0: Got and it. if
1: it does, then I think I've done good. You've
0: done your job. Yeah. Oh, that is, you really do have a gift for that, huh? <laughs> well,
1: you, you said do. it, not me.
0: <laughs> I mean, you do. I mean, also, I'll say it. It's true. It's like, because I love it. I, I'm. I'm also, I'm pretty good at like just detecting gifts, but like you really, it's like you're just like, oh. I thought I was optimistic and I I think I don't even think it's optimistic. I think it's just, you have a gift for seeing like the good, the best possible outcome that could come out of something. Cause I never thought of it like that. It's like what I'm hearing you say and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like you're, it's not that you don't feel anything and it's not that you don't get invested, but it's like you're able to connect to the fact that I know I'm not hurting anyone. So but what the best possible thing is that I could be actually helping at least one person or even opening up someone to something. Mm -hmm. And that is what makes it worth it for you is what I'm hearing you say.
1: That is nail on the head.
0: And Mm -hmm. does that support you in like not getting so swept up by the emotion of it? Absolutely. Okay.
1: Absolutely.
0: And again, like I, that's what I'm saying. That's why my gathering was like, you're built for that. That's just how you, how you're built. Like it's like, you're, like in the video game, like that's your role (laughs) to kind of like be that person. And there's the people like me who just get really emotional over everything. And I'm just over here crying. (laughs) I'm good for something else. I don't know what in this moment, but I'm good for something else. No, but you know, I'm kind of joking, but you know, it's like we, it's, it's great. And I, I, I love that you bring that up because I used to kind of get down on myself for how my quote unquote activism looked like it doesn't look like picketing or lobbying or like being on the front lines of the screaming people or whatever. Mm -hmm. And a friend helped me realize and was like, you, you are an activist. It just, it doesn't look like that, but like it, it looks how, like it's you're using your gifts to Mm -hmm. serve this purpose. And just like with you, you know, and so for me, yeah, it doesn't really serve my best interest to get in there. I mean, I get in there as often as I can, but like once I start to feel, I know my edge, right? <laughs> so once I know I've hit my limit, I'm just kind of like, you know, this isn't going anywhere. So good luck to you. I'm going to just close the chat box now. <laughs> so really, really good stuff here. And if I could offer the listeners another call to action is like, just, be willing to just sit down and have a conversation with someone and kind of get to know where the heck they're coming from. Mm. You know, I think it's really, really important. And so, as we kind of wrap up, I just was curious if you could, if you would like to leave the listener with even just one solid like call to action or kind of hope or next step.
1: Ah, I'm on the spot. No pressure. Uh, <laughs> no
0: pressure. <laughs> um, but this is your only chance. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I would like to say you are who you are and the best thing you can do for yourself is figure out everything about yourself. So think about how you want to be perceived, Mm. what sides of you you want people to see Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and how best to be that person. Mm. And it's all about self-reflection.
0: Right. And I kind of hear, like, kind of in between the lines is, like, regardless of, like, all these labels, right? hmm Because I think it's the labels that start to get in the way. And it's interesting, you know, we – the title of this episode is Self-Love and Belief. And we came together for this episode because I believe in God and you happen to be an atheist. But, like, we kind of didn't really – like, there wasn't any, like, well, why don't you believe in God or why – like, but there was such a juicy conversation here. So like there can be so much that you can connect with people outside of like the things that might be opposing seemingly. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty We difficult.
1: probably have a lot more in common than we have not in common.
0: Agreed. But the assumptions that people make because of certain labels, mm-hmm. it, it really, it separates people. Because if I were to just stick with my own, preconceived notions and if you were to stick with your own preconceived notions we could have like we could have probably fought for hours on that thread (laughs) about actually calling myself out too and I invite the listener to do this too it's like I think the reason why we try to make others believe in what we believe is like that feeling of belonging but I think underneath like underneath the layers it's more like I have to get you to believe what I believe because god forbid I'm wrong and it's like what does that mean about me And it's like this unconscious protection of like, what though? Like, what are we protecting? Like, what am I losing by you not believing and me believing? Or what are you, like, what are we protecting? What am I losing if you believe or not believe? Or if I'm able to quote unquote convince you or not, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that is like fake connection or not connection at all. And if we can start to put that aside, and check ourselves inside of relationships with each other, we can actually deepen so much more. Preach. Woo. (laughs) You said preach. I was about to be like church. Not church. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for agreeing to do this and for just being just really wonderful. You're a wonderful person. Well, thank you for having me on. Yeah, you're Mm -hmm. welcome. And as usual, to those of you listening, I will be putting more information in the show notes and you can always email me. I would love to hear how this episode resonated for you, ameliafortes.com contact. Shaka, is there any last words you'd like to say before we end our episode?
1: Peace and prosperity. That's how my dad says goodbye.
0: Peace and prosperity. Thank you so much for listening. This has been self-love and belief courageous self-love the official podcast for the self-love revolution i'm your host amelia fortes and until next episode hey if you're loving the show make sure you become a patron for as little as two dollars a month you can get episodes where you can't get anywhere else go to patreon.com slash the amelia i'm going, man.